the office, funny. I think I just know that they put stuff in Jello one time. Oh, they put the stapler. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do that to you. Would you be mad? No. That's too much work. I'm actually not that committed, but I'm like, I'm pro prank, kind of. You're listening to Lead Him to Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Leadham. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Leadem to Life. We are back. Happy January. We started out last week with the first episode of the new year, talking about mommy wine culture um, and kind of staying consistent with that theme. Um, I've just been really thinking a lot about intentional living and making decisions that help us to be who God created us to be, uh, not in like a Pinteresty or self help kind of way. Caitlin, you're giving me a face. Like that's a real thing, right? Yep. No, but like in a way that actually um, is is realistic and practical and helpful to the human person. So um, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm so excited to have Caitlin Belden in the studio with me. Caitlin, welcome to Lead Them to Life. Thanks. It's so good to have you. Um, okay, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Kind of do an intro, that sort of thing. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now, my least favorite questions are, tell me about yourself and what are your hobbies? Okay, let me ask you a different question. I can tell you about me, but I, I'm like, ooh. Okay, let me ask you a different question. If you weren't a counselor, what would your plan B job be? Ooh, that one's good. Okay, my plan B job would be to be a SWAT officer. Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't <laughs> I did not see that coming. Yeah. Okay. You would be really hardcore, actually. That would be kind of cool. I think I would like, so, and so this is a little bit about me, I guess. I think I would like the intensity of it and just like the the like drive and commitment to like, I have to fix this problem now and I need to be a quick, so, like solution focused. And this explains so much about my experience filing files with you earlier this week. You were like in your zone moving our files around in the storage room. I was like, I'm like seeing a new kind of like you, you had your hair pulled back. You're like, let's do this. I'm ready to go moving hundreds of files around. I, like, uh, I could see this in you. Yeah. I Amazing. Okay. So your plan A job though, mm -hmm. what's your plan A job? Where are you at now? Yeah. So my plan A job is counseling. Um <laughs> And so I'm in that field now and I love it. And I think it really developed from a place of, I just love people. Yeah. And I want people to love themselves. Amen. Like, <laughs> Which is like so much of the wound I think that you see probably in counseling is like people dealing maybe with certain levels of shame or whatever, mm -hmm. or regrets or anxiety that's causing them to really have a disconnect from themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I was reflecting on it this week. Just like, why do I love this profession? Why am I here? And I really, it's like, you know what? You might not believe that you're beautiful. You might not believe that you can do hard things. And I get to sit there and have hope and hold that belief for you until you're ready to pick it up and carry it and be like, yeah, I am beautiful. I can do hard things. I'm like, gosh, I love that. Oh my gosh, Caitlin, you're the coolest. I, I, that imagery is so beautiful. Um, so you and I work together with, at Catholic Family Services. Yeah. Um, I've shared with my listeners that I 
took over as the executive director for CFS um, in October. And you started a month before me, right? You started yeah. in September-ish. So yep. I feel like we're we're both kind of the new um, the new kids on the block, <laughs> the new gals on the block down in, in Catholic Family Services. But it's just been so beautiful to learn with you so far and um, really take in kind of your expertise. And I'm curious from your experience of maybe elementary, high school, college, um, did you have experiences with mental health counselors or people that you just thought, wow, they're just living healthily and living well that kind of inspired you in that journey to help other people? Or was it just that sense of, I love people and I want other people and I want people to love themselves too? Yeah. Um, I would say I didn't have any counseling experience um, growing up. And I think my desire was more like my draw to counseling growing up was I saw people living through hard things. Yeah. And I live through hard things. And the thought of like, it can't always be this tough, right? We can't Mm -hmm. always just sit in the tough and um, take it. And so I just had a desire to like, you know, be with people on their journey through hard. Mm. Um, So I think that's kind of where it stemmed from. Mm -hmm. I also watched so many amazing people just like go through these things and come out stronger, better, wiser. And um, I had that support person and that not everybody has that. Yeah. So, so one of the other things that I've heard you talk about is, um, that that was kind of that initial draw for you, the recognizing of the hard, but then also your desire for healthy people to pursue counseling. Yes. Like I remember asking you, like, do you think counseling is just for people that are really struggling with something or whatever? And you just had some really great insights into, um, into that. And not even just in the sense of counseling, but like in the sense of having someone to process with, what's kind of your perspective on on what type of person should go to counseling? Yeah, that's a good question. Okay, (laughs) so I'm a counselor. So sometimes people are like, well, of course you think this. You're gonna think this, right? But I think everybody can go to counseling. Everybody deserves that space to just say Mm -hmm. and be who they wanna be Mm -hmm. and process the things they need to process. And maybe you're coming to counseling for no other reason than like, you have a decision to make and you want a sounding board. You want somebody to hear you that has no background information. Yeah. Like an unbiased yeah. opinion. What's yeah. going to be best for me? Yeah. Was it was it you the other day that was even comparing it? It's almost like a gym membership. Like you invest in your health in the same way you should invest in your mental health yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and so my latest analogy, because I am always changing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, what's the what's the latest analogy? It's like the dentist. Mm. Okay, so you brush your teeth twice a day, you floss. Yeah. Maybe you do other oral hygiene, yeah. but you still go to the dentist twice a year for a checkup to make sure everything's okay. Yeah. You can go to the gym and really invest in that, but you still go to your doctor for your wellness check every year. Right? Yeah. And so fascinating. Yeah. Our brains are such a powerful piece of who we are. Why are we not investing in that? No joke. Interesting. Okay. So in a little bit, I want to talk about 
um, a little bit more about the brain and that kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. I thought it would be a fun place to start because here we are um, in January. I'm sure everyone's New Year's resolutions are going swimmingly. Full confession, Matt and I both decided, okay, we're going to eat out less and like really increase our vegetable intake and do like less sweets and whatever. Caitlin, I have been craving a Dairy Queen Blizzard for five days, five days. And I have held off for five days. But today was not that day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am, I am, re- I am, mm-hmm. I had to run out and grab something over lunch. It's like, I'm going to stop and get myself a Dairy Queen Blizzard. And it was the greatest thing ever. So just needed to get that little confession off my chest. But so here we are in in the start of January and a lot of people are looking at setting goals and um and I think kind of looking at our priorities and desiring to become healthier version of ourselves whatever that means. What are some practical ways that we can set ourselves up for success in uh in our goal setting or in those ways that we desire to grow? Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm glad that you had a blizzard. Thank you. Me too. I feel really good about the decision. Actually, (laughs) (laughs) we so often like start a new habit and we like, we're like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. And then we just like meditate on it. Yeah. And it takes over until like every other conversation is like, Okay, I can't focus because I'm thinking about that Dairy Queen well, I, I want thinking, right now. Like, when am I going to drive past Dairy Queen that I could maybe have an excuse right. to stop by and get a blizzard? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to say it's pregnancy problems, but no, I think no. it could happen anytime, you know, yeah. anytime. <laughs> it can. <laughs> um, so my number one um, thought on this is we cannot should ourselves. So that's like, I should go to the gym. I should do the dishes. I should eat more vegetables. Yeah. And we get so focused on everything that culture is telling us we should do, right? That if we don't do that, we feel guilty. Uh Uh-huh. And so then on our new goals that we've just created, Mm -hmm. we feel guilty because we're not doing them, and I'm using air quotes right now, well enough. Yep. And that's just simply not true. Mm-hmm. It's really living into, I'm doing the best I can do today. Mm-hmm. And today that might not look like having vegetables with my lunch. And I have to know like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the number one thing that I really think that people, we don't even recognize that we're doing it until it happens. Yeah. And we have a lot of shoulds. Absolutely. I have a lot of shoulds. Absolutely. Me too. That can end up feeling like a, yeah, kind of that heavy burden. Yeah, like a weight. Yeah. Okay, so keep going, and then I want to come back to that because I have more questions about it. Okay. Um, And then the second thing is, I think if you're identifying goals, you have to, like, take pause and really say, what's important to me right now? Yeah. Because in every season of our life, there's going to be different things that we're leaning into, and it's really important to us. And then because we're leaning into that, we'll feel guilty or shame or um, whatever feeling you might have because we're not leaning into the other things surrounding us. Mm -hmm. Um, So a really great personal example for me is I have carried immense guilt because I haven't leaned into being the healthiest version of myself. Mm -hmm. And um, in conversation with some dear friends in the last like month, they're like, 
yeah, but you had some other things that were really important to you. So I set a goal for myself with my master's degree that I was going to obtain certain yeah. milestones yeah. along the way. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I leaned into those mm-hmm. and I achieved everything I set out to do. And so that w- that's what was important to me. Mm-hmm. And now I can pick something else up and not feel guilty that other things aren't important to me. Mm. So yeah. it's identifying it and also knowing that it's okay that the other things aren't. Is right there now. a magic number of priorities we can have? I mean, if we want to talk about the four burners, we can. <laughs> what are okay, <laughs> let's go there. Because as I as we're talking about this, like that's a that's a real struggle that I think I have. Like, okay, I want to grow in this way, I want to grow in this way, I want to grow in this way, I want to grow in this way. Um, but if everything is important, nothing is important. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what what the limit is or what the what's real what's realistic, mm-hmm. you know, for priorities. Like my professional growth is a huge priority for me. My family is a huge priority for me. Um, my growth in spiritual life is a huge priority for me. And then I kind of start to like, okay, mm-hmm. and I exercising is supposed to be, I should have that be a super high priority for me. I should, but you shouldn't because now you're shooting yourself. I'm shooting myself. (laughs) (laughs) Which sounds funny. So funny. Um, But yeah. So like, what's, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, what's the, how do you narrow down when you have all of these things that you want to grow in and invest in? And I don't, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay so we're, you said the four burners. What's yeah. That? So I'm going to take you to the four burners. So if you okay. think about your oven, typically, or stove, sorry, it typically has four burners on it, right? Mm-hmm. And so in Unless our- you're one of those really fancy, cool ones that have like the six word. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Four burners. That might be a little harder to manage. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. When you have a lot of pots cooking on a six burner stove, holy smokes, I think like right. four is a lot. Right. Yeah. Exactly. We rarely use four all at one time. Okay. So the four burners, each burner on your stove is going to have a different category. Yeah. Um. So it's family, friends, health, and work. Okay. And so, and I'm just going to mention faith here in the beginning I like to think of our faith as like the whole entire stove oven complex. Yes. yes. And then we have the different things setting on top of that, right? I it's love our it. foundation. Because then it's not a segregated thing. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Um, and if like some, if a burner boils over, then you're going to have stuff that's jumbled up with your faith. So if you're really diving into your work and that starts to boil over into your friends and your family and your health, it's probably going to affect your faith. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we have to take pause and clean that up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the four burners. And the reality is we can't have all four burners on high at one time. Because you're going to have a mess. Right. We yeah. could put them all on medium and give 25% to each one, but not be like you can choose to be on fire, like do each of those things well. Yeah. But not the best that you possibly can. Yeah. Um, and one way that we get around this is through outsourcing. And so like at work, you're going to say, like, I'm running a business. Well, I'm going to outsource by hiring employees. Uh-huh. Um, as a parent, you outsource family by getting daycare services. Mm-hmm. You, or grocery pickup. Yep. Grocery pickup. Absolutely. Interesting. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, so you do what you have to do to keep that burner running uh-huh. by outsourcing. Yeah. But then you have to ask yourself, is it burning in a meaningful way? Hmm. So if I'm outsourcing these different things in my life, is that continuing to be helpful for me or is it almost making it null and void? Like it's still going, but I'm not, it's not being prosperous. It's like it's not cooking well. Right. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So that's one. Um, The other thing I'm going to say is different seasons of life. Okay. Yeah. So, and I think this is kind of where you're at right now too, just with the transition of your job and really like wanting to invest in your family and your work and your health. Yeah. Psychoanalyze me. Let's go. (laughs) Bring it on. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, just different seasons of your life. You're going to have different burners that are on high. Yep. And you're going to have other burners that are on medium or low. Yeah. And you, and it's not because you can't do all of the things but we can't do everything well. On high all the time. All the time. Okay. So if this is a question that I get a lot and, and in different ways I've struggled with it, but it's something that I hear about from people all the time, men and women mm-hmm. that have these four burners exactly like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And they're, maybe their professional one is on high and, uh, their friends or their ability to be involved in community, it feels overwhelming to them or they feel like they're not getting as much time with their family as they want. Um, And sometimes there's an adjustment, right? Mm -hmm. That needs to happen there. All right. We need to turn the work burner down a little bit and be done at five and go home and be with my family or whatever. But for somebody that's experiencing real consistent, um, shoulds Mm -hmm. I I should be this or I should I should be doing this and is experiencing really again persistent consistent like not just a one day they feel unbalanced but consistent like they're I'm torn because I I feel like I'm not balanced or I feel like my my work burner is too high my family burner is too low or for that matter my family burner is high and it's going really really well but I have all of these aches to like create and to do these other things professionally that are really drawing my heart Mm -hmm. but I feel shame taking time away from my family how do you guide people through that to help them figure out where to help them discern, you know, what maybe needs to be turned up and what needs to be turned down and how to kind of cope with maybe some of the anxiety or the shame that they're feeling for being unbalanced. Yeah, that's, that's a, a big question. It is. Yeah, it's a big question, but it's a great question. I think my first step would be to have this individual lay out. What are your top three to five values? Okay. So tell me what is going to be the most important things. And they don't have to relate like to like one burner or the other, like one yeah. area of your life or the other, but like what's most important to you. Yeah. And then really asking the question of do your choices at work allow you to lean into your values? Do your mm-hmm. choices with your family allow you to lean into your values? Mm-hmm. And it might be yes on all of those. And then the next dive is going to be, Maybe like what things at work don't align with that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you are really invested in friends 
right now, but you know you could be, should be, quotes, more invested in your family. Or even it's just like a desire. Yeah, yeah. Then I would challenge, how do you make that happen? So maybe it is like, you know what? I can't turn up my family burner every single day of the week. Yep. But I'm choosing that on Saturday mornings from eight to three, I'm turning my phone off and I'm doing something intentional with my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Sabbath with them. Or yeah. Whatever that means. Whatever, you know, whatever that, that might looks be. Like. Yeah. And really challenging yourself to, to make the time. Yeah. We make time for what's important to us. Yeah, we do. And so we have to show the people in our lives like they're important to us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I um, got a message from a mom uh, a while back. And, and this happens um, somewhat regularly, actually, where like a different listener or a friend or somebody will um, will message me. And I always think like that'd be a great conversation for lead mm. into life because there's because it kind of reveals like the, the ache or these questions that are really, I think, common to the human person. And I think the the one that triggered that initial question to you was, um, okay, you're a working mom. How do you find that balance between, do you feel guilty working? You know, mm-hmm. do you feel guilty working and, um, and not being, you know, home with your girls kind of thing. And, and I'm really blessed because in a lot of ways, like I just haven't had that experience, but I think it's because my work gives me so much life. Mm-hmm. And I often say I'm a better mom because I work. It's allowed me to find some balance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The stay-at-home parent in our house would totally be mad. Like he would be way better at it. He runs a tight ship. It's amazing. Um, like when he's home with the girls for the day, I come home, dinner's done, the house is clean. He's amazing. Um, but it's but I love what you're saying. Like, okay, what... Um, yeah, what maybe needs to be adjusted so that you can find that thing that you're looking for. So even a stay-at-home mom might say, I love my kids, I love staying at home, but there's this part of me that feels like it's not being, you know, fostered or Mm -hmm. that I'm able to create. And I know, you know, several stay-at-home moms that have like started just little businesses or Mm -hmm. whatever that gives them that sort of experience if you will to challenge them and get them thinking outside the box or whatever although parenting in itself is enough of a challenge not like you need another one yeah so I just yeah I love I love that um okay I want to go back a little bit to um kind of that that uh how do we set ourselves up well so as somebody's looking and or listening to this saying yep I want to um, invest more in my family or I want to balance my burners a little bit more. Um, you have talked about something called a 30 day, um, like a 30 day challenge, a 30 day behavior Mm -hmm. challenge to, to, to do a reset of our stove, if you will. Yeah. Um, how do I do this? What do I do? (laughs) Give me, (laughs) give me the, give me the step-by-step Caitlin. Yeah. Okay. So I think what you're referring to is um, like a digital detox mm. um, that I've talked about. It's a 30-day, yeah. let's get off our phones and be invested in what's in front of us. Yeah. Or um, I just think it's so funny how many parents listening or not listening are like, gosh, my child is so invested in their video games. They're always on their iPad or on their phone. Yeah. But then it's like, how often are you answering emails when you're not at work? Mm. 
do you okay, use your phone? Okay, just rip that sword out and put it in my soul one more time. Right. <laughs> Which sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. But we're, we're not as much as I do. Right. Yeah. And we're really good at recognizing that in our children mm. and not in ourselves. I'm just going to hide behind my face here. So, hide <laughs> behind my scarf. Yeah. Okay, I'm listening. I'm ready. Um. So the 30-day yep. digital detox program challenge is really about implementing a new behavior each day. Oh, Okay. So each day you do something different. Um, okay. And I have it here in front of me just so I'll, I'll read a couple yeah. to you. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to start at day one because you have to start to know what that is. Okay. 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 Ooh, I see what you did there. <laughs> that was good marketing, Caitlin. I'm impressed. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, well done. Well done. Okay. Um, so number 15, day 15, make your bedroom a tech-free zone. Remove all devices and computers and refrain from using them in your room or any area you sleep. Okay. Okay. So then you would do that on day 15. That's kind of the challenge for that day, but you continue it through the rest of the program. So I have to build up 30 days of different habits? Yeah, but they're not all like... How am I going to remember all of this? Well, um, I have a really nice printout here <laughs> that is available to anybody interested. <laughs> okay. And you could just have that. Okay. So I'll like, link this in my show notes. Okay. Hanging somewhere. Yeah. Um, but some of them aren't like huge. Like one is like paying attention to individuals around you. Yeah. Or like putting your phone away while you're walking into work. Like when you walk from your car into work, you just don't have your phone out. Yep. So they're just small things that yep. are like, okay, I can leave my phone in my purse for that long, yep. that period of time. Yep. Um, and then refrain from using while interacting with your children. Or... um. Commit to one tech-free day per month. So that one's a pretty easy one, right? Yeah. As far as like, you don't have to remember that behavior every day, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. pick one day a month and you put it in your calendar. You mm -hmm. let the people around you know, this is the day I'm choosing. Mm -hmm. And then you invest in mm -hmm. that. Put it in your calendar for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, two questions. Yep. Can this, so we're talking kind of specifically this 30 day behavior challenge, the example that you're giving is really surrounding, um, like our engagement with digital behavior. And so yep. I want to ask what's the benefit of detoxing and what's the, uh, from specifically from digital, um, screens and that kind of thing. Why is that even harmful to us in the first place? Like an overabundance of these things. And then number two, my second question is, can this 30-day behavior challenge be applied to other behaviors that we might want to change in our lives? Um, so, like, for example, oh, I had um, last week on Joy Wattenberger um, was talking about how she just didn't want to yell at her kids anymore. Mm. Um, she was sharing this on Instagram and how she, uh, <laughs> she talked about it being a recovering yeller or something like that. And, and I feel like that is something that like, okay, over the course of the 30 days, I'm going to take specific steps to get there or whatever. So the first question, what's the harm in some of these digital things? Why detox and can it be applied to other behavior changes as well? Okay. Yeah. No, beautiful. Um, so the harm, I mean, we know that media is important in some degree and it can be connecting, mm -hmm. but also 
just different medias that we invest our time into can be damaging as well because they really can change like our brain structure. Yeah. Um, so I know you and I have talked um, before a about little bit about games. this. Yeah. Our hatred of video games. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So if your people. husband plays video games, man, let's talk about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, cause it, cause it literally changes the brain. Yeah, absolutely. And, you, but just having a cell phone changes your brain. <sighs> yeah. How many of us have experienced the phantom buzz? We don't even have our phone near us and we think our pocket is vibrating. So that's a, that's a thing in it's our brain a thing in our brain because eventually we use our phone enough that like serotonin levels are higher when we get a notification on our phone. So we get this like spike in happy endorphins. And so we look for that. What's the difference between serotonin and dopamine? They're just different. They're, do they have, like, kind of, but they have like same function, don't they? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Got it. Continue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Deep dive for just that. Second. Yep. No, they both are quote <clears throat> okay. unquote a happy yeah. hormone. Okay. So, but Caitlin... Don't I want to have higher serotonin levels? And isn't it good that my phone or video game or whatever is giving me those higher serotonin levels that I'm looking for? Really good question. <laughs> no. <laughs> because it because it changes the baseline. Yeah, it, it changes right? your baseline. A, B, then you're investing so much time in the screen that you're not investing in your four burners. Right. So then we're not present with the people that we care and love about. And we don't know how to receive that, that dopamine impact or that serotonin level impact from real relationships because it's become so dependent upon this other manufactured fake response. Right. Absolutely. And it takes away from so many areas of your life. So um, I know a lot of people have invested in like blue light blocking glasses because actually blue light makes our brains like stay awake. And so we're on our phones at night and then we are having a tougher time sleeping. So then we have less energy. Yeah, it's a real thing. And our bodies are exerting like mental energy to like look like our eyes and stuff looking into the blue light. Mm-hmm. And so you actually have more energy if you're off technology. Because you're not investing it. Yeah. yeah. Um and so it just impacts our bodies yeah. in so many ways we don't even recognize. Yeah. yeah, totally. Okay, so to the second question about maybe another behavior change that someone wants to have. So, um, for example, maybe somebody is struggling with an addiction to pornography or mm-hmm. um, it doesn't even need to necessarily be a bad thing. Uh, maybe somebody, <laughs> to go on last week's theme, is in the habit of every night having a glass of wine and has become just dependent upon that being kind of a regular part of their routine. Or maybe someone wants to change their, um, their interactive habits with their spouse. Mm. So maybe Mm -hmm. they're recognizing like a kind of a cycle of communication, negative communication that's happening between them and their spouse. Yeah. How do people change behaviors like that, I guess I'm sure it's different for each of the behaviors that I just gave an example of, but can yeah. kind of that like 30 day intentional um, change behavior change challenge contribute to changing some of those behaviors too? Yeah, no, I love that. Absolutely. So I think really what you start with is what are our goals? Mm-hmm. Like, so 
what are the goals that I have? And then what steps might I take in order to achieve those goals? And you make them into a 30 day plan. Mm -hmm. Um, So one example, um, like the wine, Mm -hmm. maybe once you have an empty bottle of wine, then you choose like for the next three days, I'm not even going to go purchase a bottle of wine. So then it's not even in your house. You just don't have it. And yeah. then you get, you're intentional about not purchasing it. Or you know what? Tonight, instead of wine, I think I'm going to have like meal water. Yeah. Right? So yeah. supplementing it with something that is going to be more nourishing for our bodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The reality is when we're trying to take away a behavior, we have to put some behavior in its place initially because we're going to have extra I just bumped the mic. Sorry if that was loud. (laughs) (laughs) We have to have something else to put our energy into. Otherwise, we're going to have stored energy that we were using before. Okay. Walk me through this. Okay. Because this is kind of, this is kind of hard for me. So like an alcoholic, for example, um, when they go through detox for alcohol, Mm-hmm. It like a treatment facility or something like that. It, I just recently learned this. They actually supplement it with like an extraordinary amount of food mm-hmm. to help mm-hmm. balance it. And and there was this part of me that's like, okay, well, isn't that just replacing um, a behavior, an addiction or whatever with another behavior? And I kind of thought that was a bad thing. But what I'm hearing you say is that's actually normal. Yeah. Like that's actually part of how we need to heal. Absolutely. So every behavior that we have, Uh whether we enjoy that behavior about ourselves or not, it helps us get through our day. It's a coping mechanism. Mechanism. Uh Behaviors are designed so that we can survive and that we can cope. Uh Uh-huh. And so for like an alcoholic in particular, they might be drinking to help cope with stress, with um, maybe different traumas that they're trying not to experience. Uh Lots of different reasons, right? Yeah. And so then you take that away and they're now having all these different feelings that they weren't having before or they're having free time that they didn't have before. And so you need something to put your energy into. Same with the digital detox. Same with the digital detox. Same with like the wine. So -hmm. you sit down with your glass of wine and you sit there maybe watching TV for an hour Mm -hmm. because you're enjoying your glass of wine. Well, I'm not going to do that anymore, right? What am I going to do instead? So what am I going to have in my hand instead to help replace that behavior? So that way I'm not thinking about the wine that I'm not having. So you would actually recommend that we intentionally choose what we're going to maybe replace a behavior with in order to help us succeed. Yeah. Yep. I would. And it's not like picking your fingernails. Like if somebody bites their fingernails and you're trying to break your fingernail habit, you actually need to have something else that you Mm -hmm. intentionally are choosing that you're going to do instead. Yeah. Like you might choose to chew gum. Oh my God. Because your jaw's still moving. Listeners are probably not as intrigued in this by this as I am, but that's really, but that's fascinating to me. We have to trick our brains into knowing that we're okay again. Because we've depended on a behavior for so long that our brains are thinking, I have to do this to survive. Which is like literally the nature of addiction. So exactly. like a pornography addiction or something like that, mm-hmm. we actually have to replace it with something else. Yeah. Yeah. In order to let our brains know that we're okay. Right. Because our, so a little bit of brain stuff, but we have different like areas within our brain and our amygdala is what sends like 
it sends a message to our body that we need to go into like fight, flight, freeze. Yeah. Okay. And it fires when there's anything. It fires for stress. It fires when we're scared. It all the time. Okay. Yeah. Our hippocampus is the part of our brain that says, hey, I'm okay. I can calm back down. It wasn't like It's like a regulator? Yep, a regulator. Okay. Well, when our amygdala just thinks it's fun to go off all the time, like just fires rapidly, uh-huh. our hippocampus doesn't keep up and it actually shrinks. <gasps> so we have to help our amygdala get to the point where it's not firing as much so our hippocampus can begin to do its job better. <gasps> This is like why women continue to choose bad relationship after bad relationship. Yes. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when people consistently choose, um, like they're like the whole thing of like, yeah, I just kind of like the bad guy or the hard to get mm-hmm. guy or whatever. It's it's because of a brain issue. Yeah. Not issue. That came not out issue. wrong. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> let's not call it an issue. <laughs> that came out wrong. This is why I'm not the counselor and you are. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it's but it's because the amygdala is so used to firing yeah. in these like high up and down relationship Absolutely. status type things. Yeah, that that's what it's used to, and anything less than that seems boring or unintriguing or unromantic to them. Yeah, because it doesn't keep us firing. It doesn't keep us thinking about like. So some people rely on fascinating, like the adrenaline of how am I going to stay safe? Shut the front door. That's really. I've never thought about I, I, yeah. I didn't know that. I've so, never thought about it. But that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's one why of you the, have like consistent cycles of behavior. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Caitlin, you're teaching All me so behavior many is cyclical until we are able to change it. And we have to do that by putting another behavior in there to exert our energy into. And to break the cycle yeah. of behavior. Yeah. Absolutely. So we, I, you can make a 30 day challenge for really anything. I think a big one that comes to mind is finances. Yeah. And that one would be. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So one of your questions for me was, um, why should we invest in our mental health? Because of this. Everything stems from it. Yeah. Everything. You're really blowing my mind and I'm in this world like all day, every day. I don't know if this is intriguing to as, to our listeners as it is to me, but yeah, continue. Cause it's, it's like, yeah, everything is connected to this. These behaviors, these things mm-hmm. that we see in the human person, these things that bother us even about ourselves is all connected to mental health. Right. So then we sit there and we say, I should do this and I should do that. And Uh then we don't do it and we get down on ourselves. And it's because we are living in a circle and we have to, we have to figure out how we can change that behavior. We can't just say like, oh, I'm not going to check my phone anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. Yep. Which I think can be frustrating Mm. when we are the onlooker of someone else's behavior oh absolutely if that makes sense you know like if my husband wants me to change something he of course doesn't want to change anything about me you are just um, perfect yeah um (laughs) you know but if we have something that we want to change about each other um it can be frustrating to see kind of those patterns of behavior but understanding our own mental health Mm -hmm. understanding our own behavior patterns can really provide a lot of freedom right to, to better understand and then to better support the people that we love in growing in the ways that they want to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because then you have a little bit of, you have empathy mm-hmm. because you're like, oh, I can understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And 
then we don't turn into the um, over-suggesting individuals. Mm-hmm. And because oftentimes we're like, oh, I have all the answers for your problem yeah. and I am just going to fix you. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. not a problem for you. So you're like, why can't you just do this? Right. But right. it's because their brain is wired differently. Yeah. We're all different. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Caitlin, I'm learning so much from you. Okay. I can't wait to have you on um, more in the future, especially um, with you being a counselor at Catholic Family Services. And if if any of our listeners want to come in and meet with you, like you said at the beginning, whether you're in crisis or if you're just wanting to grow or if you're coming up on a decision or um, or if it's uh, if it's just resonating with you, the importance of investing in your mental health in the same way that you would going to the doctor or whatever, I'll be sure to include your name and where they can call to, to set up an appointment with you because you're so, yeah, it's, we're so blessed to have you at Catholic Family Services. Um, one more question before we go. So I ask every listener that comes on, lead them to life. If there's a question that you have been pondering, uh, and I think I've shared this with you before, but it just really comes from my desire that this would be a place with more questions than answers. And you as a therapist know this better than anyone. Um, that by asking the right questions, we can really learn a lot about ourselves and about the mm-hmm. world around us. So mm-hmm. I want to know if there's a question that you have been pondering recently, big, little, small, funny, serious, anything in between. Okay. So my forever pondering question. Forever? Okay. Oh my gosh. my If my roommate or my friends listen, they're going to die laughing because I ask them all the time and they're like, you're just ridiculous. <laughs> Okay, I'm dying to know what okay, is it. But my question is, what like, do you ever wonder what would people say about you at your funeral? I literally just wondered about yes. Oh, I wonder it all the time. Yeah. Like, huh. And I what mean, they won't say. Yeah. You like know? what parts do they yeah, remember about I know. me? Yeah. I I just it when I yes. say forever, I mean years. <laughs> this question has been in my head. For years. But I think it's actually kind of a good examination for us. Yeah. Of like, what what do I think people would say? What do I want people to say? And do this was my question with this. Like, the things that I think people might say, am I really authentically doing that? Those like good things that I hope people would say about me. Am I leaning into those things now? And are are they a key on my, are they high on my burner? Right. Kind of thing. Like, am I really prioritizing them? (gasps) That's a good question. Like, I think I'm hilarious. Like, will other people think I'm funny? Do other people think I'm funny? (laughs) I do. I think you're really funny, actually. It's kind of subtle. It, like, took me a little while. I was like, I think she's really funny. And then I'm starting to get it now a little bit. The more I warm up to people, the more I kind of let that side of myself show. I love it. Well, let it fly, girlfriend, because it's just, it's so fun for me. Okay, friends. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lead Them to Life. Be sure to share it with a friend uh, or your spouse, somebody that you know would benefit from it. And like I said, I'll include in my show notes a place where you can reach out and connect with Caitlin if you'd like to meet with her. Um, She is an absolute gem and such a gift to Catholic Family Services, whether you're in crisis or just looking to grow a little bit along your journey. So I'll be sure to include that as well. And your 30-day challenge, your 30-day detox challenge. Uh, We'll have a printout for that if you're interested in taking that on. So again, share this with a friend and we'll see you next week.